The Red Elephant Podcast with Fawn Padalino. Hey guys, today we are here with Moy Graham. He is the chairman of the Republican Party for Clarendon County GOP. How are you? Doing very well. How about yourself? Good. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I am the chairman of the Clarendon County Republican Party and also the chairman of the 6th Congressional District of South Carolina. Um, I've been involved with politics pretty much my adult life and worked on several campaigns. Uh, I live here in Clarendon County. I've been a registered voter in Clarendon County since 1983. I was born in King Street, South Carolina, which is right across the county line in Williamsburg County. And I still own a home there, and I stay there t sometimes. I split the two. And, uh, you know, I'm just very interested in conservative politics and building parties and helping other counties do the same thing in the state of South Carolina. As far as being a Republican conservative, I consider myself more of a fiscal conservative than anything else. Your uh, property in King Street, that's the farm, right? That's what I call the farm, yeah. Okay, yeah, I see you posted. It's, that. A, it's actually in Greeleyville, but uh, yeah. Gotcha. Nineteen eighty-three, huh? That's right. That's before I was born, boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, um, don't tell everybody your age now. <laughs> I won't tell them my age. Um, so, tell me about some of the changes that you've seen in the Clarendon GOP since you've been involved. I've seen some major changes. Um, this was. Finally, as everybody knows, uh, we finally turned this county sort of red. Uh, Donald Trump won the county for president in the last, last election. And, uh, but I remember when I first got involved here in Clarendon County, we were lucky to break 20% uh, on the Republican Party ticket. And now it's uh, not unusual for us to, to win statewide ballot races here in Clarendon. I remember going to the first reorganization here where we were reorganizing precincts in Clarendon County and I was the only person that showed up for my precinct which was at that time and it still is Davis Station and we were meeting at the Somerton Town Hall and a, a lady that was running that was Miss June Brailsford and uh, that's where I met her at and that was quite a while ago and that was it and uh, you would go to meetings and you might have five six a big meeting would be eight or ten, and now uh, it's very hard to get in our meetings. Sometimes we'll have as many as seventy-five or a hundred at our meetings at the, at the present moment, and we hope to keep it that way. Yeah, I would say when we meet up at the church, sometimes it's hard to get through. There's so many people, which is a good problem to have for sure. This is a really good problem to have. Yeah. Um, I would say a lot of the candidates out here they don't think that they can win running Republicans, so a lot of people run as a Democrat, would you agree? I agree a hundred percent. I keep working on some of these candidates to switch parties and I hear it all the time, you know, we support you. And uh, I, I have one that tells me that he can do for, more for me <clears throat> as being a Democrat than he could as a Republican, which doesn't make any sense. But uh, people are beginning to, beginning to see that uh, we can win and it's just a matter of time before somebody will step up this uh, well-known or even not well-known. Um, it, it really irks me, so to speak, that people would uh, 
sacrifice what they believe in just to be elected to an office. So when you say people should step up, um, for your average American who really doesn't know the background on politics, how could you tell them to kind of get more involved in their community? That's a good question. There's a lot of ways people can get involved. <clears throat> First of all, attend a party meeting, you know, join a party of your choice. Uh, hopefully it's our party. Um, the, you know, it, it just takes just one person to uh, change the mind of, of several people. people. A lot of people say, well, one, one person can't do a lot, but I promise you one person can. And uh, just, just attend them meetings, get involved at the precinct level because that's where it all starts at. And you can go from being the precinct level to the county level to the state level to the national level. Uh, I myself, I've been a, a national delegate for the last four national conventions, a Republican delegate. And I started off as, as a precinct in Davis Station, South Carolina, which is uh, pretty rural. And uh, so it's a lot of ways to be involved, a lot of volunteer work. We don't have enough volunteers. No party in the state does. No party in the nation has enough volunteers. To, to get it done. Yeah, um, as being someone who was raised, like my parents didn't really watch the news, they weren't really into politics. Um, to be completely honest, they never talked about it. I couldn't even tell you if they voted when I was coming up. Um, but I would definitely say getting out there, voting for the candidates that follow your beliefs, your morals, the things that you care about is definitely one way to get involved come into the meetings, um, no matter which party that you're interested in. Um, there's just a lot of ways to get involved if, even if you didn't want to run. So I agree with that. Um, what about the polls? Don't we need a lot of people to kind of start vo volunteering at the polls, getting involved with that? Yeah, we sure do. <clears throat> we need, we need workers at every poll, you know, in, in South Carolina right now, you have to uh, have training before every election to be a poll worker to actually draw a salary, which now I think is 100 or a little bit over 100 maybe to sit there and run the polls, help be a clerk, be a poll manager and stuff. But we also need poll watchers, and we need poll watchers for the parties themselves. Uh, we have a few. We've been very lucky to have a couple of good volunteers that uh, make, make the polls. Uh, is a person, uh, Bobby Lambert and I, we attend, we go to every poll on election day, but we need more than that. We need people to be there all day. And uh, we also need people to train to, to do it because without that, then we don't know if the polling is going on as it should. And uh, in the modern system now, you just, you really just can't trust everybody. You know, you just gotta make sure that your vote counts and that the people that, that vote for your party and is part of your party gets to vote. And so there's a lot of poll workers needed. And the poll watchers, again, we can designate them as being chairman of the party. I can designate people to be a poll watcher in our party, and we can do it from the state level to the county level. So there's no problem with that if we can just get people to come out. But again, we're just becoming uh, a Republican county, and there's still a lot of... Uh, old beliefs left, and uh, uh, if I can say this, uh, our our term, to, uh, as far as being the dominant party in Clarendon County, is brought on by people moving into Clarendon County because of our Lake Marion, uh, our industrial parks, and Interstate 95. 
and that's what attracts people here is is the cost of living and and it being just a beautiful county and a lot to do i would say as far as getting involved with the polls based off this last election um voter fraud is definitely something that's real i 100 percent think that there was a lot of voter fraud going on i wouldn't say necessarily in the state of south carolina as a whole i think it was a lot of other states um but I do think that that's something we really have to worry about after this last election. Yeah, I, I feel that same way. Um, I don't think we had as much voter fraud in South Carolina statewide as, as in a lot of other places. I, I do think that, uh, that we did have some, particularly in our rural areas and heavily Democrat rural areas, let's put it that way. And uh, they, uh, we, you know, again, Trump won Clarendon County we barely squeezed it by. Uh, it was a close one. I think he he probably got more votes than showed, but I think in the overall in Clarendon County, our, our votes was pretty close, pretty close to being correct. But you take some of the other rural counties in South Carolina that uh, went went way heavily Democrat, I, I think that uh, they were probably misled on the votes. But nationwide, there's no doubt in my mind that, uh, that uh, we got beat pretty bad because of voter fraud. Um, tell me this, in all your years of being involved, have you ever had an election where they didn't finish counting the same night or like keep going through? Like, wasn't that like insane? I've never seen since I've been in politics or watching politics or kind of being involved, like where they just stopped at, you know, 10 p.m., 12 a.m. and say, oh, we'll just continue. And that, you know, it rolled into day three, you know, and day four. And like that completely mm. blew my mind. I had never seen that before. Uh, I never seen one this bad. Uh, again, we didn't we didn't have quite that problem here in South Carolina, but, you know, other places did Georgia uh, in particular. And uh, not only Georgia, there was other states that had it. And no, I, I haven't. Uh, I don't think there's any excuse for it, especially uh, stopping at midnight and coming back the next morning. Uh, now, we had had cases where certain counties in South Carolina was delayed because of uh, late getting the ballot boxes and stuff in, but I think pretty much that has been taken care of over the years. But it, it's very shameful to to believe that uh, uh, Biden got better, more votes than Obama and that he got, eight, what, 8 million more votes than, than Trump. Uh, it's just, I, I'll never believe that. Yeah, it was insane. I mean, they were at like 96%. You know, everything was calculated, and then they were just like, oh, we're going to stop. Yeah, correct. Um, with the redistricting, you said that they were starting to redistrict in this area. Um, we actually have some of Sumter, a little bit of Sumter in our um, districts here. Tell us a little bit about that, because you said that they were kind of changing it up moving the lines yeah every 10 years uh you're you have to redraw house senate congressional and most of the time your county council should be redrawn and uh this particular year they've redrawn it a couple of times and they finally finalized on some i'm not real happy with some of the redistricting lines uh uh probably especially in house seat 64 that uh uh, in the past, they took our Waibu area of Clarendon County, uh, which is predominantly uh, a Republican stronghold, and moved it into 101, 
which is mostly concentrated in Williamsburg County, which is heavily Democrat. And so it weakened our vote for uh, House Seat 64. And that was done 10 years ago. And I know the reason why it was done, and it was done to weaken us because we were on the verge of winning that seat. Uh, we were very close and probably could have won it if it had been left like it was. And um, we lost our only Republican seat in 10 years ago when Merle Smith's district got moved all the way into Clarence, I mean, all the way into Sumter County. The new district, 64, has got all of Clarence County back together again. And uh, also the, uh, what I call the left side of Sumter. Uh, it's really the, the southwest uh, corner of, of Sumter County. And it runs up in there pretty good ways. And it's a predominant Democrat stronghold. Uh, before that, uh, we had drawn a map. We had a map there that really would have equalized the House District 64 and I reckon the Democrats kind of got smart and seen how it was drawn, and uh, they riffed through it and uh, redrew it. They had to draw it over again, and uh, it passed. But, you know, there's a lot of uh, stuff goes on that we're not aware of as a general public. The uh, the state Senate seat that represents Clarendon County, our entire Senate seat is in Clarendon County, but it also has parts of Orangeburg, uh, parts of Berkeley, parts of Calhoun, and uh, it's a predominantly uh, Democrat seat, and uh, that's, that seat's going to be very hard to win, and there's a very good possibility that the person that wins that seat uh, could possibly not even take Clarendon County. They could lose Clarendon County and still win the seat, and I'm expecting that to happen, you know, to be honest with you. If, if we have a, a viable candidate that decides to run as a Republican. And by the way, going back to House six, Seat 64, that is a doable seat for the Republicans. Uh, it's, it's, it's not, it doesn't favor us a lot, but it favors us enough that if we could get the vote out, we got a good candidate, then there's a good possibility we could win that House seat. But one more thing I want to talk about on the redistricting, it's very important to me, is the uh, county council seats. Right now, there's three districts in South in uh, Clarendon County, District 1, 2, and 3. When Home Rule was passed back in 1975, uh, they, it was supposed to be where all counties, that, uh, county council seats in the state of South Carolina would be elected either one of two ways. One of them would be as the county as a whole, you know, that, that, and take their seat, or district seats that has no more than one member. Clarendon County had passed a little special law before that, and they never did change. As far as I, I'm concerned, and as far as a lot of us think, that, that, that county council has really been electing seats that's been illegal since 1974, 75, somewhere along in there, because we do have two single-member districts in Clarendon County. We also have one district that it has two members that seated in Clarendon County. In other words, if you lived in District 1 or 3, when you voted for your councilman, you would be voting for, for one person to, re to represent you. But in District 2, there's two seats, and you would get to vote on two different county council's uh, members uh, a period of time. And uh, the county council chairman is elected as a whole. What we have proposed, and we, we've been joined by the Democrat Party 
and one of the branches of the local NAACP that we've drawn maps that pretty fair for everybody concerned. And I think it's really fair, not pretty fair, really fair. And it, it will divide the county into four council seats. And each council district will have one representative and we would have four council members as we do now, but each one would, would only have one district that they would represent and the county chairman who currently is Dwight Stewart whoever that person would be would be elected as as a chairman by the entire county that's going to be in a referendum for November we never could talk county council into going ahead and change it on their own but we've into our second reading right now I think we'll pass the second reading the third reading will be open to the public but it, it looks very favorable that it will have it where it would be able to vote on it in November that's interesting I didn't know that um back to Republicans running against Democrats and a lot of Republicans running as Democrats around here. Um, I personally feel like Republicans should never leave a seat unopposed. Like we should always have somebody running for every position that we can. Do you agree or disagree with that? Well, I don't agree on it a hundred percent. Um, as far as the local election goes, I have I have no problem with challenging anybody. You know, as far as your county council and your house and and senate, you know, state senate. But uh, the the only place that I deviate a little different is uh, in the congressional seat, uh, which is currently held by Congressman Clyburn. Uh, he's unbeatable. A lot of people disagree with that, but this this. Sixth congressional district has been gerrymandered to make sure that it's, it's a Democrat seat uh, and a minority seat. And the only county that in the sixth district that is a whole county that he probably will not win would be Clarendon, maybe. The rest of them he's going to win. And what I don't like about people running for that now, in a general election, I'm going to support whoever our nominee is, the Republican Party. But I'm not going to encourage anybody to get out there and run in a primary, in a Republican primary. While the primary don't hurt us, but if that person is eventually going to be on the ticket in November, and Clyburn's has millions of dollars in his war chest, and uh, they've challenged him every election forever since he's been in there, and nobody's got out of the 30 percentile group. And what it, what it does, it hurts our down ballot. And what I mean by that, uh, a person that's running on a, a seat, say, is, say maybe it's only a county council seat, and he has a Democrat challenger, and uh, Mr. Clyburn's out there spending millions of dollars to turn the vote out. He's given hundreds of thousands of dollars to the local Democrat candidates to, for their campaigns to get the votes out. And uh, it hurts us in the end, that race that we maybe could have won that was on a damn ballot and um, would probably be lost because of his, the voter turnout for, for GM Clyburn. I can understand that. Um, so we were talking the other day and there were two um, bills that made it to the House and they passed the House, I believe. Um, right. And they were about voter fraud, voter registration. Um, give us a little bit about those two bills. I think you said it was 3444 and 4919. That's correct. Um, we're proud of these bills. Um, 
Clarendon County uh, Executive Committee uh, joined up with uh, several other counties and got it passed as far as through the State Executive Committee in Columbia, the, where all 46 counties meet. And, and we didn't do it by ourselves, uh, by no means. Uh, we have a lot of help out of the SCGOP and other counties. And uh, there was some things taken out of it, and there were some things added. And uh, it's got some very good points in it. Uh, 3444, I, I believe, is in, in committee right now. Uh, and uh, trying to hammer out some things. There's a couple of things in there. Of course, everything's going to have opposition. And 4919 was sent over to the Senate last Thursday. And uh, as you got guessed of it is, uh, uh, you know, I'm going to hit on the highlights. Is, uh, you'd have to kind of look them up online or, 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 or look at, you can look at them on, online. You can also look at the video of them uh, going over this in committee. It's open to the public. And, uh, but, uh, we're trying to change uh, some of the main things we're trying to change is to make sure that the voter registration for all the counties is, is working off the same same plan, the same system, uh, where whatever happens here in Clarendon County is the same thing that operates in Greenville County, Orrery County, Charleston County, and so forth. It's just too many differences in here. Uh, it's also uh, got a lot of teeth in it against voter fraud of any kind. It could result in prison time. Uh, and and that that really needs to be in there because it's you know all they do now is get their hands slapped if that you know if something goes wrong as far as that goes, and uh, and another thing which is is pretty important to like uh, we had a we had a state senator here that was elected that uh, had he was on the ballot in several different parties you know I can't remember exactly all the parties but say if uh, a person could actually run as a, as a Democrat, he could also maybe be on the Libertarian ticket and the Green Party ticket at the same time. And Which is interesting. I didn't know that either. Yeah, it's, 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 been, it's always been like that as far as I know. Uh, I, I've always thought it was wrong, uh, but interesting, to say the least, that, that you would be able to do that, you know. And uh, uh, another thing is, uh, is uh, the absentee ballots, which has always been a sore place for me and and for a lot of other people we've had so many candidates that uh were close to winning and then all of a sudden when the absentee ballots would come in we'd lose by a thousand votes in a small county and uh i know that a lot of times it wasn't fair and uh the proof is in you know in the pudding i reckon so to speak but i believe we'll see be seeing that pudding pretty soon because <laughs> with the absentee ballots where anybody virtually anybody could go sign their name, pick up an absentee ballot, carry it out, get it picked up, you know, get them to vote, put it in an envelope, bring it back. Now you got to show a photo ID, a photo ID uh, issued by the government, uh, say a driver's license, a voter registration card here in South Carolina with your picture on it. And the, also the uh, witness to the ballot has to have a voter ID uh, 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 so forth because in the past, you really didn't know if that person had witnessed it was a real person or or it could have been the same person that was dropping it off and with the new with the new law uh, we hope to get passed and uh, we should get it passed because uh the senate is ruled by the republican party in south carolina just as so is the house that uh, it'll eliminate uh a person say going into a nursing home 
or assisted living home or something like that, maybe picking up 50 to 100 ballots. Uh, now they'll be limited to, to maybe 10, and uh, uh, you know, which is which is a good thing uh, to try to cut back on that what we call ballot harvesting. It's, it's definitely against the law in, in South Carolina. It's against the law in most states. It's not against the law in every state, but it's against the law, in, and it's, it's morally wrong to, to do that. Uh, there's no reason for it. Some of the candidates we know uh, have people that they have enlisted to to just do that for them, you know, to go out and pick up uh, ballots and absentee ballots for different voters and have them filled it out. And, and, and some of these people really and truly, I want everybody, I want everybody to vote is capable of voting but some of the, some of these people that's on these voter rolls, and that's another thing we're doing is we're trying to clear the voting rolls of deceased people, okay? And because there's a lot of people out there that uh, is no longer alive that uh, sometimes their vote shows up, voting for years, voting for years, and uh, <laughs> so we're hoping to eliminate with this with that, and uh, and particularly the ballot harvesting, as the ballot getting a little getting a little bit more strength in there, and. Uh, we did. We didn't get the party registration by party passed. Uh, I was. I was in favor of it. There's not a lot of people, maybe in the rural counties, that's in favor of that. But I think that we should register by party if you're Republican or a Democrat or Libertarian or whatever, or the Independent. And uh, so far, uh, we're going to get it one day. Uh, we uh, a friend of mine wrote wrote the, wrote the legislator on it, and uh, I think that uh, how it was taken was. They were going to put a, like a two-year limit on it where you couldn't change parties within two years, and uh, I don't think that should be done. I think if a person wants to change their mind, give them 30 days and, and change their mind from, from a Democrat to a Republican or vice versa, whatever they want to do. But two years is a bit long, I believe, in, in that respect. So with that, uh, remind me, if they were to pass that eventually, I know you said right now it failed, um, that would or would not stop somebody who, let's say, ran as a Republican once they won, changed to the Democratic Party? No, it wouldn't stop that. Okay, and that's not even in the talks? To... No, it's not in talks. Okay, that's interesting. But what is, what is in there is uh, right now a Democrat and Republican, when they uh, file to run for office, they have to pay a filing fee. If, uh, if you're a, a Green Party candidate or American Party candidate or, or whatever the third party fringe candidate, you know, you don't have to pay a filing fee. So this would make every party have to pay the same filing fee per office. Okay, I got you. Um, what about voter ID? Do you believe that that is wrong to require a photo ID to be able to vote? I know the Democratic Party definitely is pushing, saying that that's uh, voter suppression. Do you agree or disagree with that? No, I think everybody should have a voter ID. In fact, if it was left up to me, they'd have more than one. Uh, you know, you have to show a voter ID to get food stamps. You got to have a voter ID to 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 just about anything to cash a check, to get a credit card. I mean, you name it. The first thing they ask for is check into a hotel. You know, show me a voter ID and. One of the most important things we can do as Americans is vote, and we don't need to show a voter ID. That's that's wrong. I just find it interesting. Um, I was looking online the other day, and to tour the White House, you actually have to have a photo ID. 
And it's like, wait, so to walk around the same building for the person that you're going to vote for, you have to have a photo ID, but you don't have to have a photo ID to vote for said person, which is insane. But I agree. I don't think that it's voter suppression to ask for a photo ID. I think it's something that's always been required. And I think it cuts down on voter fraud. Yeah, great. All right. Well, I think that was all you wanted to talk about, right? I think that'll do it for this this episode. Maybe okay. we can meet back up again. All right. Well, did you want to invite all of our listeners to the Republican Party meeting on Thursday? Oh, that'd be a great idea. Yeah. Tell them who's coming. Uh, we're having Governor, Governor Henry McMaster be uh, our speaker, along with uh, our South Carolina Treasurer, Curtis Loftus, will be there. Uh, the doors officially open at 6 o'clock. And uh, we'll... Try to eat a little lunch, a little dinner, excuse me, a little dinner, a big dinner, really, because we uh, got all the kind of stuff on the menu. I think we got like a beef stew, barbecue pork. Uh, help me out here. Uh, fried chicken. Uh, I don't remember everything. Uh, chicken and dumplings. <laughs> I don't remember everything either. But it's going to be a huge dinner, a huge supper. And we're expecting a good crowd, but don't let that scare you. We've had big crowds before. And... Uh, uh, it's at uh, the Cornerstone Fellowship Free Will Baptist Church. It's located at 2116 Greeleyville Highway in Manning, South Carolina. It's one mile past the courthouse like you're heading toward Myrtle Beach. Just keep that in mind. If you go more than one mile, you better turn around. It's on, it's on the right, excuse me. I always get that wrong. But uh, we'd love to see you if you're from Clarendon County or else. We're planning on having, a, you know, we got several people coming from surrounding counties. It'll be here. Uh, Representative Lynn Bennett out of Charleston in Dorchester County. She'll be here. Uh, we got, uh, uh, I think, the chairman in Sumter County, Bill Odom, is supposed to be coming. The chairman in, in Calhoun County, uh, uh, Larry Wagner, and the executive committeeman up from over there, Doug Doster. He'll be with us. And uh, we have several people coming from Columbia, including the uh, SCGOP secretary, Sandra Bryan, should be here. And... Uh, I think next month we'll have Richard Ekstrom, the Controller General. The month after that we have the Attorney General Alan Wilson, and the month after that we'll have Secretary of State Mark Hammond be with us. And I've been promised that we'd get the Lieutenant Governor. Sometimes we got we're going to be talking next week with her people and, and figuring out a date for her to come. But we'd love to see you Thursday night. All right. 